Hey everyone, this episode of the Food About Town podcast is another follow-up to one of my city newspaper restaurant reviews. Uh, this time was uh, Havana Cabana and the owner and head chef, Trey Yeager. Um, we sat down, we talked about the review, it was a little bit less positive than some of my other city paper reviews, so we sat down and talked about it, uh, got his perspective out there, and we talked a little bit about his past and a little about, bit about the uh, you know Alexander area and what he thinks about restaurants as they're sitting now. Um, hope you enjoy, and in the next week or so will be my episode with uh, Paul Vroman of Aunt Rosie's with uh, from my most recent review. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy. everybody. I am here with Trey Yeager from Havana Cabana. Trey, how are you doing today? Fantastic. And yourself? I'm tired. Right? <laughs> I'm grinding. I don't know about you, but yeah. working a lot and trying to get out and do interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, you work to live. Try that's not to live to work. You try and uh, you see if you can strike the balance, you know? Exactly. Um, so I did a review on Havana Cabana two weeks ago now. She did. For the be, city newspaper. I'm going to shortly kill you just after this interview. And that's certainly understandable. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I started doing this recently. This is the second time I've done it as a uh, follow-on to the city paper reviews. I wanted to do more podcasts. And, um, you know, I, it's, I don't know how these are going to go. This is the second time I've done it. Right. First one was uh, more positive. This review is a little less positive. I right. would say, oh, um, I would and say. Um, I'm here, and let's let's talk about that first, and then we'll sure. Then we'll have fun talking about other stuff because I did talk to you Absolutely. before, and you know I think we got some interesting other stuff to talk about Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So right. go, go ahead. ahead. No, yeah, no, this, I think the uh, after 33 years of being in the business, um, I look at the business from the other side of it. Now I've already been the uh, I've had an incredible career. I've opened. Uh, 14 restaurants all over the country and through mm-hmm. the Caribbean and in the Hawaiian Islands. Um, so, incredible lifestyle, incredible career. I could die today and live more of a life than a lot of people. And, you know, I've been very fortunate in that regard. So, uh, uh, come to Rochester and, uh, and, and to be near family here. Um, and since I'm here, I'm going to open a restaurant. So, that's how Havana Cabana came. I also have Wacko Taco. And uh, hand with North Shore Grill in uh, Lake Kinesis. So, okay, I didn't know you had two other places. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Just in the area, yeah. So that makes it, uh, and they're diverse, so they're all different uh, restaurants in general. Uh, but this one here is where uh, I spend most of my time here, uh, and it's a you know it's a concept I've done other places. Just just not called Havana Cabana, but uh, so I'm familiar with uh, what we're doing here and uh, what what I believe customers like and. Uh, in that direction. Sure. Well, I mean, I think that's a good place to start. Um, I know that necessarily what I like isn't what everybody likes. I know that's generally true. I know that's true in my own family. Well, it's true in, uh, in most places. I mean, it's true in every, uh, every career, every environment. Um, likes and dislikes are personal. 
so when you open a, a business, so I, when you come to a town like Rochester and invest, uh, you know, three hundred thousand dollars and put forty to fifty people to work, uh, you know, you're trying to put an A plus product out there that um, you know people want to gravitate towards, and we've been quite successful over the over the year uh, being here, and uh, frankly, over my career, been very successful. So, uh, you know, when you're doing that kind of thing, and then you live and die. You don't live and die. I wouldn't say die, but you live with the reviews of independent customers. Sure. And social media has opened that up to Yelp and to you know yep. many many others. And people are instant food critics, dry cleaning critics, movie critics, whatever it is. It's my business is food, so food's what I focus on. And those are uh, you know those are their platforms to either say hey we like it or hey we don't. And for the past year and so that I've been here, we've been able to uh, enjoy four- and five-star ratings across those broad uh, review uh, sites. Uh, so, and, you know, like you said earlier, you can't please everyone. It's impossible to please everybody. I completely agree with that. So when we get to reviews, how I always look at them, and usually don't read them um, because of that, it's so it's so independent. It's so what you like or what you don't like. Uh, the difference becomes when you have a position to where you can share that in print uh, in a weekly magazine, personal likes and dislikes. Sure. And that's where I look at them and say, well, you know, you're allowed to not like it. You certainly uh, have your opinions and you're allowed to not like the food and you're allowed to not have, like your experience. But if it goes to the where you, you can't recommend it, and personally you can't recommend it, I would get that. But then you're hurting a business that is thriving in Rochester and has people that work for it that rely on this business. So when you write reviews in that kind of a nature, and I didn't even think mine was that bad, but in general, um, there's a lot more people that are exposed to that kind of a thing when it directly affects business. Uh, and then in this instance, uh, you didn't like the paella and I'm laughing because since the article, I've sold uh, more paellas than I did through the rest of the year. So I said at the table when you're in, you know, <laughs> no press is, is bad press. And, and that was an exact uh, uh, example of that. And I think more people in the community were more uh, upset over the review than I was. The pictures were great. Um, you know, it was lengthy review. And, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent uh, I would only remove your last sentence would be the only re removal I would do. Sure. Um, but other than that, I think, you know, if you didn't personally care for the food, uh, then you should, you have your right to. And that's that's the difference between what maybe some people get aggressive about bad reviews and uh, or misplaced reviews or misunderstood reviews or depending on what party you're talking to, there's two different stories. So when you get into that kind of a conversation, whether it's a auto mechanic or you know, a doctor, uh, anything like that, um, it becomes personal and then it affects people that we employ also. And that becomes a negative. Uh, although, again, like I guess I want to be clear, I didn't think that this was uh, as horrible as some of the uh, patrons that came in and apologized on your behalf thought that it was. So uh, <laughs> well, and that's, that was flattering. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, I do have a number of friends that are regulars here and actually pretty strong regulars they're here all the time they live around the corner right um and i know they've hung out here late nights and all the time yeah come in for food on a very regular basis so i mean i wasn't surprised to hear that when i talked to them right um 
and uh, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take some of that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stand by what I wrote. I feel pretty confident about it. But I think to your point that it's a good one. It wasn't that negative of a review, really. I didn't think so. I thought I hit some high points. I thought I hit the points that I thought were low. Um, I've seen and had significantly worse. I mean, this isn't this isn't one of those times where like the you know the environment's still nice. And I think if I could go back and do some of it again, I might focus a little more on that. Not a lot more because my focus is food traditionally. Well, and that's and I what I feel it, strongly about. And I want it to stay food. Uh, you don't get to where I've been able to get to uh, without the food. We're an upscale dinner house, and we enjoy a, uh, and share a customer base as, as Two Vine and Good Luck and uh, you know some of the other places, Black and Blue. Um, we share those customers. In fact, I get seafood from a lot of the same places they get seafood from. And when it comes to product uh, freshness and made in-house, this restaurant uh, does that. So when you get those dishes, and um, whether it translates to your palate or not, I I mean, and every chef could sit and say, you know, well, I've got, you know, 3,000 people that just love it. And so you look at that, and you you have to gauge as you're building a business, because you have to keep in mind, uh, I'm not the young chef anymore, so for me, it's not food, 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 food. I'm pushing food. It's business. It's right. a business. It's a restaurant business uh, that has a tax base and pays employees. And the more this thrives, the more I can hire, the more I can put people to work, the more that the downtown gets redeveloped, uh, which we're trying hard down here on the East End, to bring diners uh, down here. Well, I think also bring some stability to it. and. Truthfully, I'm happy to hear that business isn't flagging. I, I don't want to do that. I, right. I think that's the hardest part for me when I, when I walked through, when I had it, when I wrote it. I don't want to be that guy. I didn't write it with that intent. Right. The only thing I have is my direct opinion and that stuff. And I'd, I'm only going to write about what I feel and what I had and what, I, what my knowledge is. But I don't want to see you guys get hurt. I don't want to see that either. So. Yeah, I don't think anybody and would I, want that. I don't uh, want to walk... When I choose somewhere to review, I choose somewhere... I know I could pick places that I would write a, just a brutal review on because, if I'm being honest, I'd never well, eat I the think food we, here. I think we all... Uh, everyone could go into just about any number of businesses sure. and pick them apart. It's Absolutely. easy. It's easy to find flaws. And, I, again, I don't think... You know, I still serve without... I didn't change anything from the review... Uh, that is has been very famous for me, not just in this restaurant, but in, in 14 others. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's a dish I know that people really, really like. Um, you know, I, I, I stand behind everything that I've done here. Uh, the recipes are solid. They're consistent. I have a culinary uh, staff in the back that have all culinary degrees. That's hard in this town. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, Everything's made here and made fresh. So I stand behind everything that we do and really didn't change a thing. I happen to, uh, going back to when it becomes personal tastes, I've run uh, seafood restaurants most of my life, and yet I don't like to eat a lot of the seafood that I prepare. So I just know how to prepare it. I know how it should be done, uh, how people respond and react to it. And after 33 years... It's been, you know, it's been my life, and per, you know, perhaps that's why I don't like seafood after cutting it for thirty-three years. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that would kind of color your opinion a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, it's a great, uh, it's a great business, and this is Rochester's a great town for it. So, 
and we've been very, very well received. So, I, you know, again, to move on from the review or to sure. stay with the review. No, I, I think um, I think we've I think we've covered it. Um, personally, I I'm glad we're sitting down and talking about it. You know, I appreciate the convictions in the food. I know it's popular. I know this place is doing really well, and I'm happy. This this location has been just a. I mean, this whole stretch really has been in great turmoil over yeah. the last, even since I've been here, 10 years. Yeah, an uphill battle. Uh, I guess this location itself has been several different concepts, none of them lasting very long, or they're closed with some you know, shady things going on. Yeah, absolutely. Between here and where the Daily Refresher is now. Yeah. And, I mean, even now, I mean, the corner lot up there where the Pita Pit is and where these other places yeah. are. I mean, you're seeing turnover places I know have been popular. Yeah, but they're turning over, I think, with the right way. I come in, and I'm not from Rochester, so I'm bringing in a, a, a South Florida upscale finer dining restaurant, and then Ox and Stone opened across the street in the uh, old La Bamba building, and they're upscale, yeah. uh, Italian-style food, uh, not really Italian food, but like an Italian chop house thing. And, uh, you know, they're bringing in the same customer I'm bringing in, and business builds business uh, with the sushi place two doors down, uh, the new city grill on the corner. These are all of our customers that we're trying to bring back to the East End, aside from the 18 and over college student, which nothing wrong with that business. No, certainly not. Has dominated this street for some time. Yeah, it, it seems to be turning. I mean, there's still a crowd that's here. Yes. Um, and, you know, regardless of your feelings about places like Mex, that place could not be busier on a Friday or Saturday right, night. Right, And I um, didn't leave them out for anything. I, I think Mex is... Uh, you know, it's got its foothold here, sure. um, you know, even to the old toad next door. And what happens in, in my restaurant here, and what happens, I, I believe it happens over at Oxenstone also, is we're upscale and we stay that way dinner, and then around 10.30 at night, uh, it switches to an upscale bar-type crowd, and then it's just bar, 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 and that's where a lot of our common friends come in at that time and hang out, and, uh, and it's very cool uh, space. And that's where the... The second half, or the of the business that I create when I do concepts, um, they're totally encompassing, and that's where the late night comes in, where the fun and the environment and attention to detail and the red chandeliers and everything that's that flows with this place really pops at nighttime, where it's an upscale uh, cocktail crowd, almost two different customer bases. Yeah, very much so, and that's. Um I know that's a vibrant scene here. I've only heard great things. I know my wife had uh, part of her bachelorette party here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, it's um, and that it's it's definitely necessary here too. Because yes. if you're not taking advantage of it, you'd be losing out on such a big part of what makes this area bright on the weekends. Yeah, that's a definitely a huge part of the business plan uh, for me and for Ox and Stone. I think we're the only two that serve food very late. Again, to accommodate that kind of a crowd, right? right. Um, but yeah, you would be—it would be foolish to leave those dollars on the table and no. to think that why wouldn't I go after that? I've done my dining crowd. That crowd doesn't stay till midnight anyway. So you know they're going to a play or coming from a play, and when they do, they have a great time anyway. But it switches, and that's uh, where you see some of the responses from the review and even just some feedback. It is different. It becomes more of a bar, cruise ship type feel at nighttime, and then right before that, the dinner is is, is uh, busy with a whole different clientele. Absolutely. One on another positive note, I've been really impressed with uh, the 
general uh, level of the service here. I've had a lot of, I've, in the few times I've been here before I've eaten here, we've had some really engaging, interesting service. Yes, yeah. You, you, you don't, you, you get, I mean, nowhere else are you getting the kind of interesting service you're getting oh, here. Very interactive. Absolutely. Um, they'll dance, uh, they dance with uh, our customers. Uh, some of the ladies will get up and dance with the servers. It's a very vibrant uh, Caribbean, good time feeling place. And uh, that goes to, to part of the concept uh, from all the decorations and the paintings and everything. I, I even pump in mango spray so that your mind tells you you're on vacation. So I'm engaging you on all of the senses. And that's when it becomes an experience. And that's how most, uh, when you go to South Florida and you see these corporate-style restaurants, uh, that's what they're trying to do is to keep you there longer. And here, our customer table turn base on a Friday night's almost three hours. Wow. So that tells me it's working. Oh, if I got impressive. super busy, that's going to be a problem. But, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I like doing quality, not quantity. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's part of the, the push for it. That's great. So, so you mentioned two other places, um, both in the Finger Lakes area, you said? As Wacko Taco is down in uh, Lakeville and then North Shore Grill, which is right on Kinesis on the north side. Okay. Because I, I believe I'd heard of the, 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 the Wacko Taco. I just I, I don't end up in the Finger Lakes as much as I would like to. Right. That's all right. It's a so, small place. That's just a – that was uh, – uh, we had the building and it was empty, so I just put something in it. So that's a taco stand. Key West style tacos, and okay. it's uh, very colorful inside, and you know road maps everywhere. And, uh, it's beer and wine only, but uh, it's Floribian Mexican cuisine type tacos, <laughs> right? A tuna tacos, uh, mahi tacos. I mean, there's a whole list of them. Um, clam dogs, all do the whole thing. It does quite well. Yeah. Nice. That's that's the kind of place I'd love to go while I'm down there because it's. I mean, it's it's a growing culinary scene in the Finger Lakes because obviously it's got the wine that's bringing a lot of tourists in. Yeah. But now it seems like it's starting to get a lot more of the culinary stuff. Um, we got that New York Culinary Wine Center that's there. Right. And that's churning out, uh, I think, for the first time in this area. Again, I'm not from the area, so if I'm misspeaking, it's purely ignorance on my part. The uh, you're, t- you're churning out some people that have a little culinary background. Uh, everywhere I've ever lived, there's been my partner tease him about this all the time. Uh, everywhere I've lived, there's been Ritz-Carlton's, uh, Sofitel's, W Hotels, uh, you know, five-star resorts everywhere, and then there's always a culinary school close by because that's who needs chefs and sous chefs and pastry chefs. So my whole career, I've been very blessed with being able to have, um, you know, a large group of culinary graduates to work for me, and uh, that makes a big difference. When you come here, uh, chef-driven restaurants... You see them a lot, but it's hard. The hard thing about the chefs to get the support staff behind them, and that's what usually burns people out. Well, yeah. Try to do everything. If you can't take a day off, right? I mean, that's something I've talked to um, some of my food truck friends about. Um, it's all on them, day right. to day. Every day is on them. And I know, you know, uh, one one of them ended up uh, opening a restaurant again because he had a set schedule. Right. It wasn't a hundred percent grind all the time. All the time. And I talked to some other uh, some other uh, food truck or food cart friends, and you know they're they're opening a restaurant, they're opening this other stuff, but they're hiring a staff. Right. Because that's key. it's not just one or two guys anymore. Now they're hiring a whole staff to manage different locations, and having a staff where you can step away for an evening, right, or step away for a couple hours just to rest or just to do something. Have to have it. 
it's um and if you can if you can leave and nobody knows the difference that's right makes it all the better for you yeah it should be better when you're gone uh, that's always the phrase yeah um, but yeah you're right a lot of we call what I'm doing here mom and pop single owner restaurant one unit uh, a lot of those restaurateurs that's where a lot of the mistakes are made is they put the whole place on them because they can do it and they've got the experience and that's why I say I'm kind of past that thinking then they miss work and nothing happens you know that nothing gets done it's not the same and then you know they come back and they have to spend more work to get it back to what it was and and that's a vicious grind uh, it's best to put management in place uh, train them and then monitor them uh, and make them hit your numbers you need to hit it's yeah. a business and most people forget that the second word of the restaurant business is business and that's key food Food's important in the restaurant business, but it's a business just the same. When you get people to come in, you have to be able to man- maximize those dollars coming in. Uh, that makes a difference. And absolutely. It's um, it's tough because people see one side only. And right. um, like I said, I've never been in the business directly, but I know enough people that are now. And I I know it's tough. I know it's it's a rough business. And, um, I mean, you see, you see it on TV. I mean, that's why there's shows like uh, Restaurant Impossible and right. Kitchen Nightmares and all these things. And there, there was a place out in the east side of the city that got revamped a couple weeks ago. I think oh, that's part cool. of that show, which I'm actually oh, looking forward that. to go there. Actually, the funny thing about that is, um, and true story, is while they were there shooting that show... Uh, the production crew, the cameraman, everybody here twice. Oh, did they really? That's yeah. great. Yeah, so they were talking the staff up about the show. That's great. And everything, but again, that they came back the second night and ate again is tells me that what they had they liked because they came back again, and that's repeat customers is the biggest report card, you know, and keeping them happy and keeping them coming in, and uh, you know that's the biggest plus, and that's what corporations spend thousands of dollars on. Just to ensure they're coming back. Yeah. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing better than true word of mouth either. Right. I mean, I can write whatever I want. Most of the people reading me don't know me. Right. You know, a few people do. More people know me in the food business than know me outside. Right. They don't know me, and my my friends, my friends that come here on a regular basis, they're going to do more to bring business here probably than I ever could. Oh, and have. I mean, uh, they've been very loyal since I've opened. Absolutely. Uh, And it's a. It's not a small. I'll go on record. It's not a small group of people. It's a big group of people. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite groups that come in. And uh, uh, one young lady in particular, I love when she's here and her husband. And, you know, they come in and they bring in a lot of people. Absolutely, they do. And, uh, you know, they're family to this restaurant. Yeah. So. And nobody knows more people in Rochester than they do. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they, they know everybody. And it's, it's still astonishing when I go out. And I, I know a lot of people now. They know everybody. And after all the time I've been doing this, uh, my biggest compliment is when, like when one or two of them are out, just a couple of girls that are out, uh, and they're doing a girl night, and they stop here on their way back, just the two of them. Yep. You know, that to me gives you a comfort level that they're comfortable and coming in and hanging out. and uh, That's when you know that, uh, you know, I'm really nailing it with the concept. The concept is really working. Uh, it's unique to here, that's for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, there's there's not much else like it. It's no. um, which is why I did it. I mean, there's <clears throat> I said I've done a number of openings. Uh, most of them was with Tommy Bahamas. So I, I've done right. Tommy so, Bahamas. Right. Your, your background was was in there for a yeah. long time, right? Oh yeah, a long time. Corporate chef wrote all the recipes, the food, the menus, open restaurants, designed kitchens, did a whole 
the whole gambit with them and all over. Uh, so this is the same type of a model as that. Very easy for me to reproduce since I've done it a number of times. And then, uh, you know, plug it in and tweak it and make it mine and uh, make, make the adjustments and the food where, you know, it's all unique. But the concept in general is quite the same. You know, it's very comfortable, upscale, resort casual is what we call it. So. Yeah. Well, it's it's the kind of thing that, especially in the winter, is going to really hit, kind of hit home, you know. Yeah. Because in the summer, it's you know people like this stuff, but in the winter is when this is going to hit hardest. Summer is what is what I saw as our off season. In winter, um, what we find in winter because I stained glassed all the windows. The only windows you can see out of is the front ones here that we're mm-hmm. sitting next to. Uh, the rest of the restaurants all blocked out. So once you're in here for a little bit of time and you're breathing in the mango and you're having a cock you know, Caribbean cocktail and you're eating some plantains and salsa, your mind starts thinking vacation and you stay and people will stay for a very long time. And uh, I have live music on the weekends, Fridays and Saturdays have uh, guitar players and uh, it's a very fun environment. Um, I call it like a, a, an island supper club type feel. So sure. It's very good. So how, how long have you been in Rochester, you personally now? A year and a half. A year and a half. So I'm sure you've gotten out and about. I always like asking people what what other places they've found that they like. That's uh, interesting. Um, I like a, a number. You know, you would think I'd be really hoity-toity of being a chef for this long, but I really like good food, comfort food, food that when I leave I'm full and it was good. And uh, you know, and I do like dining as well because I love uh, wine. Uh, I would think that. Uh, who I think is my good restaurants I'd recommend. We like to go to um, Black and Blue. Uh, you know, I think they're consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful environment too. They've done a great, a wine, great job. Wine room is awesome. Yeah, they've done a great job making that. Their, their uh, restaurant group in general have done a great job of yeah. making stunning restaurants. They do from Black and Blue to Trotta to even the Village Bakeries. They do a great job just making right. them. It's a great feel. If nothing well, they else, do, they do a lot of great uh, work. And, you know, they're expanding. I'm expanding the Savannah Cabana to Buffalo, so that's our next location. And, uh, you know, so they've done similar tracks, and they've got similar type restaurants. Uh, Again, on personal opinions, though, I I love Trotta to go to it. I'm not a fan of how the restaurant, for me personally, is broke (laughs) up, and it's kind of cavernous. So I I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they are dedicated to upstate New York. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. I think it's it's a little bit of execution for me. I think especially Trotta is tough, especially on a weekend. Yeah, the it's weekend's hard. It's so busy, and it's not a big enough kitchen to handle no, the size it. of restaurants. It's, it's one of the biggest restaurants in the city. And it's deceiving because you don't see that until you're in it. It's huge. And it's huge. And to put it out of that little kitchen and expect it to be consistently quality all the time... Just from a production point of yeah. view, it's it's impossible. It's hard to do. You it know? is. I've, I've had some really good stuff. I mean, when their burger's on, it's one of the best burgers in the I city. I agree. Um, yeah. But when you're trying to put that many people through and then you're off night, you, know, you might be a little off. Tuesday, Wednesday night's a good night to go. Thir- Friday, Saturday is cocktails. Yeah. And that's if you can get them. They're busy. And God bless them. Yeah. I mean, Two, he's packing them in. Deep. Yeah. So, and people love it. And that's the kind of customer I'm trying to share out of here when you get dressed up and you want to go out and have a good time I want you to think about uh, making Havana Cabana one of your stops you don't have to eat dinner you don't have to stay for three hours but I want you to come check it out because I think once you do you will come back and you will want to have a a more of an experience Uh, 
like you said, the waiters, as you can hear them downstairs now, uh, are a very big draw. They get more compliments on uh, websites for uh, for their antics than anything. But they're a very big draw. Absolutely. They, so, and they came from me from... Uh, uh, Dave Francois came from uh, West Palm Beach. He worked at Tommy Bahama for me there, and my hostess is from Tommy Bahama in uh, Arizona. Well, that's great. It's a that's a testament to, I mean, in the interactions we've had, you seem like the kind of guy you want to work for. I you know, somebody that. So, somebody that cares that you do care about the business. Yeah. You want to treat your people right, and I have a lot of respect for that. I know there's a lot of people that don't treat their people well, yeah. and it's it's an unfortunate. It's a service business, and you want to hope that everybody's having the best time they can while working hard. Right. It's it's what you want to see. Yeah, it's what you want to see. To me, I don't like... If I don't have to manage you because you're performing and everything, your numbers are... It's in any business. Sure. Your numbers are good. Your production is good. you got no complaints on your work. Everything's flowing. What do I need to manage? Right. That's when I'm... You know, walk around and... Uh, you know, I'm always in the restaurant, so uh, I'm always trying to be. I got a hell of a sense of humor, and I'm trying to. You know, I like to be lighthearted, and uh, I'm very laid back. From, you know, from the keys, so that's my style, and that's uh, what's made me successful through my career. And I've had a, like I said before, I've had I've had a really good career. So uh, now to be in Rochester and turn this restaurant on, and uh, like I said, I got a couple other concepts in line, and uh, you know, so I'm, you know, looking forward to the future. It's great to hear, and um, I think it's always a good sign because Rochester needs more people who are dedicated to building Rochester up. And some consistency and some interesting flavor is definitely what we need. So, um, you know, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. I know it's, um, I know I'm not going to always get that, but uh, I, I do appreciate it, and it's, um, it's uh, great to sit down with you for a while. Well, I appreciate that. I think you'll get it if, uh, if I did it and. And everyone thought it was a horrible review, and I did it. So I would, you know, again, I didn't think it was that bad. But I think every chef will take an opportunity to sit down and uh, and share it. I think it's a good follow-up, uh, whether you put this out or not. I think this yeah. is, it's a good follow-up for you because if you do give an opinion, you're giving the chef a chance to yeah, I, I to just give... revert it to say something back instead of it just read it, put the paper down, and that's done. Absolutely. I, I really want... I want to engage with the people because I, I like chefs. I like, I like their personalities. There's a lot of crazy people out yeah, there. Yeah, no doubt. And I want to meet all the people behind the places. I think it enhances my knowledge of the business. It enhances my... I think it'll make me a better reviewer over time. Sure, definitely. And I, I want to... I do want to give the people an opportunity to respond, whether it's good or bad. And I, I want that... I appreciate that. You know, we have to take it whether it's good or bad. Right. So to be able to respond... Uh, <clears throat> In an educated, polite way, is a good format. You're going to get some real, you know, maybe from time to time you might get some hotheads, but I, yeah. I don't think that would be the case. I think chefs would embrace, you know, chefs are about ego. <laughs> you know, I care about the two dinners that we're sitting here over. So we're not even talking about the 35,000 I did this year. Exactly. We're talking right. about two dinners that yep. I did. So chefs are passionate down to that one plate. And that's where I think you're going to gain your insight more is from some of these young kids coming out of culinary school that are so turned on by the food. They're not even thinking the business numbers, yeah. the part of it. It doesn't matter. They pay $45 a pound for elk cheeks. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All they care about is you going, that's good. 
those are fun guys to talk to. Absolutely. Old guys like me are like, you know, I care about the business. <laughs> well, you know what? We need people like that too because I've run into enough times where somebody ran into was really cool. Right. They had a great idea, but they had no idea how to run a restaurant. Um, there was a place over on Monroe last year. It was uh, Rosie's Hot Buns. I really liked the place. Right. He was, uh, Caleb was a really nice guy. I thought he did really good food. He had no idea how to run a business. Yeah. He couldn't keep it open. He couldn't keep it staffed. He couldn't keep the food flowing the right way. Food was good. It was to my liking. I loved it. Right. And it was quick and it was convenient for me. But he couldn't stay open. He couldn't stay consistent. Having consistency and knowing how to run a business is just almost even more important than anything else. That's the key. I, if, and again, because people, when you talk about restaurants, they get so caught up into the what they see on the Food Network and all that, but they never show you at the back end of that where you owe your vendors uh, $35,000 and you're right. trying to get it caught up. That's the reality of restaurant business, which is why people fail. But my partner, Matt Cole, uh, and myself, uh, we've got a lot of experience. And, you know, like this isn't going to be our last restaurant or, or it's not our first. So, um, you know, we uh, you understand the business. And the business is revenue, and the revenue is tax dollars to the city of Rochester, employing people in a recessed economy that is given jobs. We're paying above average uh, rates here, uh, which is what leads to what you hear is our staff loves working here and cares about uh, our restaurant and us. And that's the type of businesses that, that grow cities back and fill these empty buildings up and get... Uh, Get revenue flowing back downtown, like this high-end apartment place across the street. Yeah, it should be, that should be great for the area. I can't see it how it would be bad. Yeah, uh, I mean that we got that, and then you got the townhomes coming down on the on the side of the road down here. Another upscale housing development. You know, we're we're in prime opportunity in a prime location where it once was just a warehouse type district, and now it's turning back around. So, I think that's all positive stuff for Rochester. Yeah. It's great to see, and um, I look forward to uh, seeing what you come up with next. All right. Thanks, man. Don't be a stranger. Thanks, Trey. Yep.